Blue Yonder, brought to you by Marijuana. And bullshit. (laughs) You're listening to Blue Yonder, with your hosts, Jim Jones, Peter Street, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. Okay, so we just watched the other night uh, Ongbok. Oh Ongbok my god, 2. did we? Wow. And Aaron here had never seen a Tony Jaw film, which I can't blame him because he's relatively new to the martial arts scene. But this got us thinking about the subject of movie martial artists. Because, first of all, we, I mean, let's just go right into it. Let's make comparison to Jackie Chan. Tony Jaw and Jackie Chan, I think they're one and the same. Like, is this his kid? Well, I will say Tony Jaw is a good bit serious, more serious. Sure. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, the style of fighting, emphasizing minimum camera tricks, minimum CG, uh-huh. min- minimum, if any, wire foo, and just pure combat, like extended. It's like some people, it's the same thing with, like, you know, metal or rock. Some people like the extended crazy solos, the 15 uh-huh. minute songs. Where they have a seven-minute bass solo, a drum solo. Some people just drive. They just want the lyrics, man. They want the lyrics and the hook. Yeah. Um, Jackie Chan and Tony Jaw makes fucking extended martial arts solos. I yeah, mean, they they really show you what's possible. With yeah, the art. and it makes you redefine what you think the human body is capable of in mm-hmm. balance. And it's kind of it's it it takes on a level of really like in watching. A badass Olympic show, like like <laughs> sure. Olympic gymnastics. Like you see those guys on the fucking cross, and they're doing they're they're on on the uh, the uh, overhead the rings the rings, and they're doing that like iron cross pose, mm-hmm. and they're holding it for like thirty seconds, and they're. I mean, it's just amazing. It's that's kind of the amazing. And then you, you think, martial arts. man, I can barely hold up a couple of milk jugs right. like that. <laughs> and you, but you think like that's what the human bo- uh, uh-huh. body is possible. I could. I mean, it kind of gives you this thing like I could do that if I only worked hard enough. Yeah. And quit eating my weight and cheeseburgers every <laughs> week. Wow. But uh, just kidding. I'm not that fat. Um, Where were we going with this? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just the fact how uh, what. The feeling of watching martial arts, why people like them. Yeah, so we're, so we're going to make comparisons to Jackie Chan here. Mm-hmm. What does Tony Jaw do that is like Jackie Chan? First of all... Again, the total skewing of special effects. Yeah, there there are little to no special effects in these movies. I think Jackie Chan prided himself in, no, if anything, he'd do slow-mo, mm-hmm. but he never did, like, undercrank, sped up. Uh, I think I saw a little bit of that I saw a lot of bit of that. Yeah. There was a lot, especially number two. Yeah. Everything was sped up there. Yeah. But there again, it was less realistic. It was very much more fantasy and fantastical. Sure. When um, an eight-year-old stabbed an alligator to death, for Christ's sake. <laughs> In the water. That's true. That's true. And we still don't know if that was a boy or a girl, right? No, I think it might have been an eight-year-old girl. Okay. Um, 
So that, that's something he's similar on. The fact that they both yeah. eschew special uh, martial arts. Yeah, and while we're here talking about the fight scenes, um, I just wanted to make note of how brutal Muay Thai is. Like, yeah, it's my first art. kind of introduction to uh, Muay Thai, other than the drinks. And I guess the main focus of that martial art is like knees and elbows, and that definitely comes across in these movies, because every other minute, somebody is being elbowed in the head. You know how, like, in mixed martial arts, they have the... What's really popular lately is the Superman punch, where no. the guy, like, jumps in the air and he does a downward striking Oh, fist. like the Expendables punch. Yeah. Through the fire. Well, today, and that's MMA. You know, uh, who yeah, threw yeah, that? yeah. Who threw that? Randy Couture. Randy Couture, yep. So... What I'm, what I saw an amazing amount of in last night's show was Superman knees. Oh, yeah. Like people jumping up and then, I mean, they're like six foot off the ground, it seems like, and then bringing this big meaty knee and thigh. It just, mm-hmm. it devastates the opponent's torso and head. Yeah, and the beautiful thing about it is, they don't feel any pain from that. You can't feel anything in your elbows and knees, right? <laughs> Well, so I mean, if they hit like a they, bone... They, they weren't even hitting like on the funny bone or the knee. I mean, they were taking the whole largest muscle in the human body, the <laughs> quadricep, uh-huh. and using it as a weapon. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I saw... I mean, it's I, it was the knee, but it's, 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 like, there's a whole, it's like swinging a club. Yeah, yeah. And the force they can put behind that is unbelievable. At one point, it... Uh, course movie effect but cracks a guy's skull open oh at yeah. the end of ombak one the guy's so drugged up the only way to beat him is to bust his head open literally yeah so lots of force behind those shots that was a long fight sequence man when i went to yeah. bed i think i had a dream that it came down the next morning and my playstation 3 was still on which i remarked that's odd and i turned the tv and the fight scene was still going <laughs> yeah it was like a 10 hour fight scene i think it was long it was captivating that you couldn't look away. Yeah. Uh, another similarity is Jackie Chan was kind of famous for doing like parkour, mm, yeah, the, uh, or free running before people even called it that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was always like springing up a sheer wall by bracing and bouncing between two different surfaces, or yeah. you know, squeezing through a narrow window, or jumping or jumping through, through tiny openings. In- Exactly, <laughs> and moving his body in unique, interesting ways to overcome objects. Well, Tony Jaa apparently is a no-shit free runner. Really? Because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, oh, I'm just okay. saying that, like, from Based what I evidence. saw, I mean, there was, an ex- there was like a 10-minute chase scene, mm-hmm. and it was hysterical when it started up, because literally there were motorcycle rickshaws. No, no, not motorcycle. That's doing them too much credit. There were moped <laughs> rickshaws, and they were having a foot chase between Tony Jaw and his idiot sidekick guy. <laughs> yeah, the comedian. And he did insane stuff. He The most impressive thing in your mind, what was it? I don't know, man. When he jumped through me. the barbed fucking wire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Although I thought the... the barbed, rather. Not what is it? The cartwheel through the glass was pretty awesome as well. That was pretty cool, too. Between but it's like, they, it's funny, like, he was running down the longest sidewalk, and you know how in movies... Like how there's always somebody wheeling a fruit cart along or someone <laughs> yeah. carrying a big pane of glass and the the car is crashing through that. Well, that's what this chase scene was, except for he was acrobatically getting around through over and under the yeah. panes of glass. And, and then, of course, the bad guys chasing him would plow into whatever yeah, exactly. it was. Exactly. They wouldn't even a, a, a tr- attempt to go around. They just plowed <laughs> yeah. in and got themselves destroyed. But what I thought was most impressive is 
these two guys were carrying his bale, mm-hmm. like like a wreath, a three foot diameter wreath of Bob wire, barbed wire. God, the redneck is coming out. Yeah, Bob wire, barbed wire, <laughs> and he jumps through it. Feet. He comes from a running stand, and this thing is like like shoulder high. They weren't like carrying it like waist high. Oh no! He jumps up and just shoots through it like a missile, feet first. Yeah, insane. And it obviously wasn't a a fake shot. No, barbed, like, it was all barbed one cut. wire. Yeah, like they might have done right something to treat the barbed wire, but still, it was barbed wire. <laughs> yeah, and maybe they filed some of the points down or whatever. And I just wonder how many takes it took to get that correct. I, I wonder how many times oh, he got stuck that in that was the barbed awesome wire. Thing. Every single time he did something especially badass, the movie would go in instant replay mode. Yes, it would make like it he, they'd show something in full speed, and then they'd show it in slow mo, so you knew it wasn't faked. Or they'd do like the triple take cut. Yeah, <laughs> like they'd do it from different angles. Like, the, uh-huh. oh, it was. I really liked that because it heightened. It's like going to a good magic show, and the guy's like spinning his shit all around. Like, <laughs> look, no wires. Yep. Except that is actually fake. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, that's fake. Um, so he's definitely more parkour heavy, free running yeah. heavy. But what he doesn't do that Jackie Chan really does is use props. Yes. Like he, Jackie Chan will use anything as a weapon. A, a slice of pizza, a, a hair mob, dryer, a, a ladder. A soap on a rope. <laughs> a uh, hope on a rope. Yeah. Um, a bucket. Yeah. I, a bucket filled with urine. Yeah. I've seen his own. I've seen him do so many crazy things with 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 props and stuff. He uses like environmental style combat. Yeah, it's and it's very cool. But fortunately, Tony Jaw is not quite as adept at that. But what he is adept is like his combat tends to be more brutal. I saw yeah. more arms broken and separated. Dude, you have not seen anything until you've seen the movie The Protector. Oh, you're that, saying that. While while some movies may have the highest body count, this yeah. has the highest arm and leg count. <laughs> you will never see more broken bones in one scene than during this film. We must watch it. <laughs> All right. In fact, let's just stop casting. We'll watch <laughs> yeah. All right, what other differences? Like I said, he seems to be more brutal, not as jokey. Although there was a lot of comedy in on on Bach. Not on Bach too. It was deadly fucking serious. Uh yeah, and it wasn't nearly as good, surprisingly. No, no, no. no. Um, budget, not as good. I think one interesting difference between them is how Tony Jaw seems to be more rigid and controlled. And Jackie Chan is very different. He's very fluid. He's constantly moving around. Yeah, like around. we said, Tony Jaw's drunken boxing, which he does in it's this movie. It's not very good. It wasn't good. It wasn't wasn't very good at all. He and couldn't act drunk nearly as well as Jackie and Chan. And don't you think, because that, that scene came out of nowhere, don't you think that was definitely an homage? Abs- absolutely. I mean, because there no was like some mind. shots that were like almost booked they were, they were. Oh, they were. Bracketed the same way. The, the, the choreography is the same way. Absolutely. But it just served to highlight, like you said, Jackie Chan had this, like, liquid, mm-hmm. you know, fluidity. Where you he truly had, believed he was drunk. Yeah, he had extra joints going. <laughs> and Tony Jaa does not have that thing, unfortunately. No, he's definitely, he looks like he has a purpose when he's supposed to be drunk. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, the other thing I noticed, Jim, when we were watching this movie is yeah. that, we, we talked about, like, if you close your eyes and you think about Japan, you see samurai... You see Godzilla, 
you see bullet trains, you know, high tech, but but you've you got see racial certain, stereotypes, is yeah, what you're saying. You see uh, mini cameras flashing. You see, but but you've got in your mind a certain what Japanese architecture looks like, what their art looks like, what their sure. culture looks like. You can distinguish Japanese from Chinese. Yeah, if if you if you close your eyes, you can do the same thing for Chinese. Like I know I know what their food tastes like. I know what their art and architecture looks like. How their culture is. Um, same thing for India. Yeah. Very distinctive yeah. culture. What I notice about these things are set in like, you know, Korea and Thailand and Vietnamese and Vietnam mm-hmm. is those countries seem to be mashups of those three cultures. Like in different yeah. proportions. Like Korea leans heavily, like Chinese, Vietnamese kind of I guess, you know, is is I don't know. I don't know enough about <laughs> Vietnamese. Maybe they lean towards Japanese. That'll help my theory out. So let's go with that. Um, whereas Thailand seems to be mashing up almost kind of like halfway between Korea and India. Yeah. And, and even not only in this, their style, because their dress, you know, and their peri- and especially when they got to the period costumes, did it look like that way? But even mm-hmm. their genetics. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of Indian in Tony Ja. Uh, yeah, sure. And like the guy that plays Tony Ja's father in Ambak 2. <laughs> is like a dead he on, is like he needs to be, you know, running a convenience store. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> give him a job. Yeah, so he needs to be saying thank you. Come again. Um, that is that bad? Is that racist? That's that's a little. That's kind of over the line, Aaron. Well, I mean, Simpsons did it. <laughs> Doesn't true. that absolve me? I think so. I okay. think so. You're All okay. Right. I mean, they have a poo for Christ's sake. If the Simpsons did it. Anyway, but, but what why, what might be more offensive is the gender bending that we need to talk about. Yeah, there was some unbelievable gender bending action in this film. Um, I'm Bok two, two, especially he's the little kid. We couldn't get we couldn't figure out who was the eight year old boy and who was the nine year old girl. Yeah, like I think Legitimately the boy was prettier. <laughs> wow, you heard it here first. Yeah. I mean, not that I'm like really, you know, lusting after an eight-year-old boy. I'm just saying he was prettier than the girl. I I legitimately had a hard time telling them apart most of the time, and it's because they had the freaking buns in their hair, man. Yeah, they and both. I, were I know it was buns. set in like feudal Siam, but still, yeah, that uh, it was yeah distracting. It like it was a topic of a conversation. The um, other thing is in these movies is how like you you mentioned at one point that like. This how is this movie set in Asia and they can't find <laughs> enough Asians for the movie because they're yeah are fake Asians which like and this might be part of the cultural mashup but I saw a lot of Indians yeah straight Latinos, up Latinos yep and even white guys man and white guys passing for yellow in this yeah. movie and the other um and there was a lot of like black guys Australians Kiwis <laughs> yeah. like they couldn't find enough Asian badasses in Asia. <laughs> They had to bring, you know, yeah. Crocodile Dundee with dreadlocks <laughs> and the gay French pirate and, you know, to, to get their asses kicked. Yep, yep. So it was like a melt. This f- fucking movie was like the United Nations. Yeah. It was a it melting is. pot. Yeah, and it was funny because they – I don't know if the Asians don't realize how ridiculous stereotyping is. But every single person they brought out was a horrible stereotype in the first one. When he was fighting in the ring, I mean, you had, like, 
the Jamaican dude bouncing around doing all these crazy things like yeah. Eddie Gordo from Tekken. Right. Uh, right. You had the Australian who was just a bruiser. Right. He's going to fight you and piss on you or something. Right. Um, you had the gigantic, tall, uh, br- what was he, British, like, wrestler guy? Yeah, right. Uh, it, it was just, like, all these stereotypes. And you had Bernie Mac as the announcer. Like, yeah. <laughs> we got to get to this. We got to get to the yellow version yes. of every character archetype. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny to see because you got this guy out here who looks exactly like Bernie Mac. And he's hamming it up just like Bernie Mac would. Like, he's an obvious stereotype, archetype character. Who else do you have? You you called him Patrick Swayze. I, I didn't get that. Yeah, I got he more was of a Patrick, but I, also, I called him something. You, yeah, okay, so the yellow Uncle Jesse. I said yellow <laughs> Patrick Swayze. But there was also another comparison I made, too, that was earlier, and it might be... Man, who the fuck was that? Was it the a, a yellow Kurt Russell? Yellow Kurt Russell. Yeah, but like the, the ah, Jackie, I was really feeling the Patrick Swayze man. Like I expected <laughs> him to say, you know, the Asian accent equivalent of "No one backs baby to the corner." <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, I'm lost. Dirty you lost him, man. You haven't seen Dirty Dancing? No. Oh, I, dude, that's see, one. Uh, we got to We uh this weekend. See, no, wait, wait, wait. This weekend we got to see Roadhouse. Oh, uh, we'll watch Roadhouse. Here, what? Have here's you seen Roadhouse? I, I thought you were talking about Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck does he have to do with that? Um, one thing I did want to talk about, helmet hair. We yes. have not talked about the helmet hair. You noticed helmet hair. You should talk about this. I know, because I kept on thinking was the Australian dude mm-hmm. that raped a woman on screen. We're going to get to that in a minute, too. <laughs> he was wearing a hideous... Uh, first, he had dreadlocks. Giant, not long... Blonde, not blonde, <laughs> white boy dreadlocks that would almost be believable. Like, yeah. Jamaican man, horticultural <laughs> dreadlocks. Black and thick and all this stuff. And he's, you know... The he, kind that you don't wash for months. Yeah. And I, it dawned to me that he was wearing a giant wig. And then I realized in the last few fights, there was a lot of guys wearing like a giant Elvis pompadour, mm-hmm. a fucking like Zoolander gorilla haircut, you know, hairpiece. Yep. Um, and it dawned on me that that was, they, they had like some kind of pad mm-hmm. with a, a toupee on top so Tony Jaa could actually beat them about the head and shoulders <laughs> and they wouldn't suffer concussions. Yep. Or at least not that bad of one. And then the really hilarious thing is, at the end, during one of the fight scenes, mm-hmm. one of the stuntmen was wearing, no joke, a boxing mask, like a helmet, yeah. with hair stapled Dude. to it. Yeah, like, I'm not even too. kidding. So when he took a, a, a full speed, because that's the thing, when you see this stuff slowed down, mm-hmm. it is full contact. They are hitting with significant force to yep. these people's bodies. Absolutely. But you, yeah, you, you saw that, and then we started, the guy after that, like, fought with this, like, loose-fitting lumberjack shirt on or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and we were like, that dude's wearing fucking body armor pads, pads yeah. underneath that, because, and we noticed, just as soon as we said that, he took a massive <laughs> knee in the chest. Yep. Like a sternum cracker. And that's the other thing. Everybody who was wearing a piece of armor just gave away how they were going to be defeated. Yeah. Like, if you had a helmet hair, you were going to get gonna cracked get in the head. Cracked in the skull. If you had chest armor, you're going to take a blow to the chest. That's right. So we could tell just by looking at the people, 
how they were going to die. Right. You came out with like legs like fence post. Oh, you're going to get swept. <laughs> oh, yep. yeah, before we move on to that, um, I got to say the tracheotomy dude. <laughs> Number one, they used any excuse so you couldn't see the man's tracheotomy scar. Yep, yep. They had him in a fucking turtleneck in the middle of the jungle. Scarf. They had him holding his... Ah, take out a translator. They had him holding that wrong, yeah. and like off center, so you couldn't see it. They had him wearing popped collars. <laughs> they had him just put his hand in front of it sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like because every time they actually showed it, it was a horribly done digital effect. Yeah, this tracheotomy. It was old. just like somebody put a black dot. Yeah, like because his, his head is moving around a little bit in the screen <laughs> and the, the, the dot was like just fixed still. Yeah. So he would like slide around in his neck. He was like in the middle of his fucking they clavicle at one point. Film. Oh right my god, there. it was hysterical. I love that guy. Yeah. I also like the fact that he like laughed with it. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, not how it works at so all. So good. So good. You said uh, we were going to talk about one other thing. Oh, uh with the Australian guy raping the woman yes, on screen. Yes. We want to talk about the difference in like cultural mores that I find somewhat <laughs> shocking. Like this Australian guy is trying to goad Ja into fighting him. Mm-hmm. And he's like starts calling Thai women whores and sluts. Then he grabs a random one and begins to dry hump the shit out of her. <laughs> yeah. And slap her ass and grab and and simulate on screen sex. The worst on the job sexual harassment hostile <laughs> workplace you've ever seen at a bare minimum. Uh it's actionable rape uh, uh, at the worst. And jo- Tony Jaws is eyeing him like, Yeah, I'm not not gonna buy it. <laughs> yep, you're not didn't tricking the dude, me. Didn't the dude backhands the girl and it was fucking on. Yeah. He like that's what brought him into it's like so it's like it's weird that you can totally disrespect a woman in that way but you can't hit her. Yeah, it's the it's pretty strange. But it made me think about this is another similar to Jackie Chan like The Drunken Master 2. I love that film, but there's mm-hmm. fucked up shit in it. Oh, totally. Jackie Chan's father beats him mercilessly. <laughs> With a stick. Like, with a cane. Yeah. He canes his son. And the thing is, it's not played as a bad thing or tragic thing. It's being played for, like, slapstick humor. <laughs> um, The fact that, like, dr- at the end of Drunk- uh, Jackie Chan and Drunken Master 2, he he drank wood grain alcohol. <laughs> or, wo- I'm sorry, uh, wood alcohol. Iso- you know, and, and it left him in a retarded state. <laughs> And they played his profound mental retardation for laughs as well. Yeah. And do you remember this plotline with his mother? No. Because they, they, they hinted the fact that, like, his father beat her, too. Oh, God. And she's a martial artist in her own right. But what was funny uh-huh. is that she would she's pretending to be pregnant oh, to get yeah. this guy to, like, quit beat. And not only that, but she used it as a form of manipulation. Like, when yeah. he was trying to get her to do something she didn't like, she was, like... Running around and jumping and like putting her stomach and heart this way and like slamming doors on it. Yeah. She was threatening the man with spontaneously aborting his child. And this was played as broad slapstick humor. Yeah. And my American brain was going, Oh no! Oh no! She's trying to throw herself downstairs. She's like chugging a bottle of aspirin. And he's like, 
had this uh, really elaborate, like, throwing himself in the way and, like, cushioning her belly with his body. <laughs> it was so... Oh. Even the fact that getting drunk and fighting is a style there. Like, that's hilarious Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's the other thing is his father, like, that's the reason he gave him a savage beating because he said you can't drink and get <laughs> kung fu because in the first movie he turns into his animal. Uh-huh. Well, he basically got drunk to save his sister and mother at the market, at his mother's begging and pleading, yeah. by the way. And that's what div- div- resulted in his savage beating. I mean, the movie's <laughs> cult- like, it's just the, the cultural differences in the treatment of women and the treatment of the unborn mm-hmm. and the treatment of children and 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 the mentally handicapped people is just amazing. <laughs> it feels like you know when you see Mad Men and you see someone sexual harassed at the office. It's almost like watching something from Aliens. I mean. That's how I get feel like when I'm watching Asian cinema. Like, what the fuck am I seeing? <laughs> oh, wow. The one thing you want to touch on is martial artists when they age. You know, obviously, well, yeah. they, you know, Jackie Chan even, poster child for this, he is not Jackie Chan anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, and I see this with a lot of martial artists. They're like, the timeline to me is when you're young, you're doing totally crazy limit pushing things like Jackie Chan yep. and Blazing Tony Ja like just getting crazy testing the limits um, then you kind of age you get into Ralph Macchio territory <laughs> and you end up kind of toning it down doing some humor stuff like that at least that's been Jackie Chan's path and then after that you get kind of into your later years and you become like this sage prophet like yeah. you stop doing martial arts altogether, and you now are just wise and I've noticed that pattern with, like, a lot of them. That's how they're always portrayed. Yeah, and think about, like, what's that guy's name? Like, Steve Chibi or whatever. Sonny Chiba? Yes, that that was in, like, had two parts in the Kill Bill series. Yeah. And perfect example of a guy whose, like, skills are waning, but now he's playing the almost fucking Yoda Jedi Master role. Exactly. And I think that happens to every martial artist as they get older and can't do the impressive things they could before. And, like, you know, I I love the movie Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, but those, the two older guys in that movie were, like, legitimate martial arts badasses back in the day. In fact, you uh. see some flashbacks where they were younger men, but they were, like, kung fu superstars. And, again, you see the shift to, to them as uh, older roles. Yeah. More yeah. wiser, respected, you know... This guy's a master who's got, like, fucking lung cancer, and he's coughing, but, you know, he can still kick ass for limited times when needed. I kind of want to talk a little bit about the background of some of the different martial artists, because I know Jackie Chan especially has a really interesting Oh, wait, I got it, but, but there's one other thing I noticed about that in, in age progression. Yeah. Is that their styles also, like... The young guys are always so, shown the fight with a lot of strength and energy. Yeah. But as they get older and more revered, they go more to, like, joint manipulation. Oh, that's the, why to, Steven Seagal yeah, does but, what he does. But to the extreme to where, like, the really old, venerable masters have to, like, just reach out. They don't even have to fight you. They just reach out and do this weird thumb and yeah. finger gesture on your chest and you collapse. <laughs> yep. Or they grab your pinky and apply pressure <laughs> with their middle finger and you're paralyzed in pain. Or if you're Sean Connery, you just put one finger on him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... And eat a plate of chops. But yeah. it shows, like, I Pantless. thought that it's interesting that the venerable masters understand Kung Fu to the point that... They no longer they have to do it. <laughs> no, yeah. They've, they've 
boiled it down to its mere essence of mm-hmm. you know using the other's force against them, and I just think that's really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I'd never thought about that. I hadn't either until just 30 seconds ago. <laughs> As you trailed the conversation in that direction. Okay, can we move on to what I want to talk about? Yes, please. Backgrounds of some of the different martial artists. Backgrounds. Uh, and this kind of goes along with how they age, but Jackie Chan, his story is pretty interesting. He's actually he is mentally China? retarded. Yeah, he's mentally retarded. Yeah, um, he's from, he's Chinese. He's Chinese, okay. In China, apparently, there is a pretty regimented way to get into the martial arts movie industry because they have that such does a big not industry surprise there. Me. And it's kinda like um maybe companies, corporations. Kinda you kinda start out at the bottom right. There's a ladder. There's a ladder to climb. Yeah. Like and so basically the guys at the bottom of the ladder, they get their asses handed to them day in and day out. Like their only job is to take beating. Yeah, they're the mooks you see the hero waiting through. <laughs> yes. The ones who wait in a circle and attack one at a time. Mm-hmm. Those are the beginners. And then you kind of move up the ranks, and you get to, like, start actually fighting with the good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe get a one-on-one, but you still get your ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, you become the hero. And I guess that's the journey he's taken. He worked his way up through those ranks and was such a star and so good that he rose to the very top. He, he definitely seems like a, a hard-working, smart guy. Because um, I've seen him in a lot of interviews and stuff about the movies he makes. Um, and he always seems to be on point when he's talking about motivations of, like, the characters and stuff like that. So uh-huh. I, I think there's more to him than just his martial arts. Yeah, he puts a lot of thought into his craft, a lot. I mean, he pl- did a lot of his own choreography. Yeah. Uh, choreography and, you know, obviously all of his own stunts. And... He wasn't just in it for the money, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. He actually, I think he, along with, like, was this, isn't the Sammo Hung? That was like his partner that worked with him and Chow Young Fat. Anyway, um, that the, he actually saw it as an art form. So I, I just thought, yeah, very interesting I, background. I think the great ones do. Like, I mean, if you look at Tony Jaw, his the practice it took him to make those movements just perfect. Yeah, the control that he has is not something that you get if you don't respect the art. Yeah, that's an interesting topic. How to tell the martial arts poser from the true martial artist. Um, because yeah. all of the traditional martial artist experts are pretty real at some level. They're not just like, you know, that was always yeah. a plot in Mortal Kombat. That, um, <laughs> what was the direct, the, 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 the Johnny reason, Cage. John, the reason Johnny Cage participated <laughs> in a tournament is because his fans were saying his movies were fake. Yep. And, and so it's he's like, going to prove himself, yes, he's going to prove that he's an actual champion by joining, but, it almost always works the opposite. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal, Jet Li, Jackie Chan, mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Lee, certainly. Yeah. All these guys were warriors, recognized competitors outside in the real world. And Absolutely. whether you want to say, you know, whether that stuff is really useful in a fight, I mean, it's a hell of a lot useful than it. it a marsh, any martial arts master, regardless of what discipline he's in, is going to kick your average guy's ass. Yes. <laughs> you know? So, like, let's not kid ourselves. They're legitimate badasses. Yeah, and when you compare these guys to the likes of Matt Damon or that's Jason what I, Statham... That's the true difference right there. That's the main difference. And, and we were even talking about The Matrix. You were saying how it was obvious that Morpheus had no real training in martial arts. He'd yeah. been given the two-week training crash course... And that he was sloppy and stuff mm-hmm. was off balance. And they had to do, like, wire foo for ridiculous things. Like when, you know, Keanu Reeves would up. kick above his head. 
Yeah, they yeah. basically had him attached to wires, and they shot that thing undercranked the shit. Yep. And like they're obviously moving at about half the speed. Yeah. That they show on the screen. Yeah, and then they just spent. They've they've shot the thing like at. 12 frames a second, and then play it at 24 frames a second. Wow! Look yeah. how fast Lawrence fucking Fishburne I can't is. believe that fast can move so well. No kidding. <laughs> well, guess what? He can't. Right. Um, yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, you th- the definite thing about, you notice that the really good martial artists and really good martial arts movies, they have nice long cuts. Yes. We can see all the action. Matt and Damon even cuts from other angles of the same shot, and they slow mo it. Matt Damon and Born Identity. <laughs> there's not a single cut of his fight scene that lasts more than an eighth of a second. That is and so the true. Sh- the camera is being operated by an epileptic in the middle of a grand mall seizure, <laughs> and they have saturated the shit out of the uh, you know color palette and screwed yeah. up the lighting. <laughs> And the wallpaper's camouflage. It's, it's large, blocky shapes that break up the outlines of bodies, so you can't tell what's going on. Yep. And they strap on extra legs and arms, so you can't tell what angle things are done. I mean, they play every trick in the book to make him seem like a badass. Yeah. The other thing that is totally key to tell a real martial artist from a fake one is the control they have over their movements. If they cannot hold a pose... That looks rock like some solid. sort of crazy yoga position that you'd see at the depths of hell. And be rock solid on it. And be rock solid and hold it for like three, four, five seconds. Yeah. Then they're not a real martial artist. Hell like no. These guys have such amazing control over their bodies. The way they can hold a pose like that or jump through a ring of barbed wire. The control there is amazing. And I that agree. takes years of dedication. Not something you get in a two-week fighting course right. for your latest role. Right. And that's the key rock saw. They're not shaking. They're not trembling. They're not swaying back and forth. I mean, you could sink an anchor into them. <laughs> They're so rock solid. Absolutely. So what do we like and what do we hate about martial arts movies? you have anything in particular that you really hate? I hate their when their attempts at humor. They're either not funny or horribly offensive to me. They just need to stop. <laughs> There's enough unintentional the comedy. Yeah, there's enough unintentional comedy in kung fu that, that for for me to get my jollies. Stop I don't know, to man. I, that's kind of one of the things I like about them. Wow. I like the slapstick, ridiculous, foreign, offensive humor. I don't know. I yeah. I, I guess I kind of uh, always appreciated like. But like last, like Ambok just had dumb shit humor in it. Sure. Although the comedian was hilarious. Like yeah, when he's that's on true. the motorcycle rickshaw thing and he's yeah. screaming like a lunatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, like some scene. of his shit was funny. Yeah, I guess that's true. But when they're actually trying to like, you know, there's Asians find women talking like this and everybody. Uh, I mean, I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that's not funny at all. It's really <laughs> freaking annoying. Yeah, they're like fucking women from Rhode Island. You just want them to shut their face. Dude, and the Stop final talking. scene of Unbuck, yeah, where the guy dies. Yeah. It's crushed under the giant own head. Yeah. Uh, she fucking screams about it for five minutes. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're rolling the credits. There's no music. It's just her screaming. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it fucking blew my mind. That, 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 that was so that annoying. That a bit thin. Um, I also... Asian movies seem incapable of having happy ending. 
Ambach is a perfect example of that. <laughs> People screaming as their friends are crushed under a own head. But like Hero, everybody dies. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, everybody dies except for one jilted lover. Chao Young Fat and Michelle Yeoh in Crouching Tiger like finally profess their love for each other after a lifetime and then they die 30 seconds later. It's just like, <laughs> wow. they really bring you down, these movies. No one, there is no happy ending. I mean, occasionally, occasionally evil will yeah. be vanquished, but always at the expense of everything the heroes hold dear, including their lives. Yeah. And yeah, that's actually an interesting cultural difference as well. Because in America, we always have the happy, sunny ending where like, nobody like, dies. Like, even in Braveheart, like, they... Yeah, they get a face-off, too. <laughs> so, so, so Braveheart, like, is a... Uh, a horrible downer of an ending. Yeah. But terrible. to keep us Americans for totally slitting our wrist, they had to make it clear that his idea lived on and the Ir- mm-hmm. and, and, and the Scottish people actually prevailed. The good guys won. Yeah. The hero might have died, but he inspired others to win. Asian films, no. They will take... <laughs> the two main characters will die, and then they'll show the two sub-characters that you also kind of cared about, and you die. think they're going to have it, but then they die too. <laughs> So it's like and whatever goal they were trying to accomplish is not accomplished. And they will and they will pay, play the saddest music. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that something that I'm not sure it's good or bad, it's just really different. And sometimes uh Kung Fu movie will leave you in a funk. Well, what are what are some of your favorites? Uh obviously, you know, I can watch Well Done Wirefu all day long, but to actually watch the real deal, um it's just amazing. I mean, I guess MMA at its best is the only thing more exciting to watch because it's yeah. real. But for every 15 seconds of awesome, you have to go through three to four minutes of two sweaty naked guys clinching each other. Yeah, yeah. It's just concentrated, pure, unadulterated awesome. And the Jackie Chan and Ombak series are really seem to me they don't cut the crap. I mean, the plot makes no sense except for to shuffle one guy to another awesome fight or parkour <laughs> opportunity as quickly as possible. Yeah, and it's really amazing how little story you have to put in there to get you from point A to B. Yeah, and it doesn't have to make sense as I'm being internally yep. consistent. Hell, it doesn't have to hold to a timeline. You can jump forward, backwards in history like Memento. <laughs> so what movies do you like? Uh, obviously, I think that still my all-time favorite is because my favorite. I love watching Drunken Kung Fu. Yeah, it's so different and cool. So, like Drunken Master Two is my all-time favorite Kung Fu movie. Now, I'm gonna say that Ambok, the original, is probably my number two at this point. Wow, that moved up the ranks quick. Yeah. Wow. As far as my favorite. That's really hard to pick, but I might have to go with Enter the Dragon. Yeah, I was going to say that was number three. Man, that's fucking good. That, I was going to say that was a clear number three. There was a lot of badass in that movie, too. jumpsuit alone? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he inspired Kill Bill, no doubt. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's very... He's so cool. And he's ripped and shredded wheat in that movie. Yes. Human beings have lats. Mm-hmm. He has three times the number of lats and ab muscles that a normal human being has. His um, nipples I, I think, have muscles. I think that might actually be a fact. I think I've heard that he has some sort of musculature, like disfigurement. Is it? I mean, but it, it, it's like to his advantage. It is fucked up. His when he bear, when he rips his shirt off, there's like 
muscles on top of muscles. Lean, yeah. powerful, like bands of copper on this dude. Yeah, and he's like that's the thing. He's not a big guy. He just has no fat and solid tone. His muscle. bones are steel, and his muscles are fucking steel cable. It's like he yep. just looks like him running into you would just hurt like a a, a sharp axe hitting you would. Yeah, very, very impressive. But yeah, that's probably my number one favorite. I think Ongbok might be number two because I've I you haven't like better than Drunken Master. Well, I haven't seen Drunken Master two more than once, uh, and I've seen Ongbok quite a few times, and it's yeah. always held up to me. So, what about the worst? What do you think the worst martial arts film is? Well, I mean, one thing my dad and I used to do is watch like Channel Four on the weekends, like Friday night, they'd have <laughs> Sammy Fucking Terry, which is like this cheesy horror show. Uh, um, and Saturday nights they'd have like the Kung Fu and when I got to be like between 11 and 13, mm-hmm. my dad and I would stay up late to like one o'clock in the morning watching these Kung Fu movies. So I saw a lot of really bad Kung Fu. <laughs> sure, um, my dad loved these things. I saw a lot of it too. But I don't, I can't say that any of it was just truly 100% horrible. I mean, there was bad costume, but there was always some awesome fight scene. That, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's one thing you can count on. In a freaking martial arts movie, you're going to get a fight scene. Yeah. I mean, and it's going to be cool. I mean, I've yet, I never saw a movie like that. I've seen some American films that just failed to entertain on all levels. Yeah, oh, totally. Um, for example, Contact with Jodie Foster would be one. Really? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't I think it was movie. that bad. Um, I think Spawn the movie is another one. Um, there's just a couple of movies that just fail to be cool, they fail to be funny, they fail to be sad, they fail to do... It's just like eating a rice cake. <laughs> You didn't. You, you're just, you're <laughs> nothing you, lost, nothing gained. Nothing, yeah. Um, I've never felt that way about kung fu movies. I could probably pick a worst. I would say if I had to pick a worst, it would be Jean Claude Van Damme and oh, see, I don't even think of these as kung fu and movies. Dennis Rodman. I think in Double Team. Yeah, yeah. Wow. D- yeah, right? I, Am I right? Yeah, but I, it's like I don't even think it as kung fu. But it is. I mean, Jean Claude Van Damme is a dancer, but he's also a martial artist. I understand, but I like I, when I I think of kung fu as like from Asia, made in Asia, produced by Asians with real. Like I don't consider. Oh. It, but you're right. I mean, I think your way of thinking is right. But I'm just saying okay. that when I hear kung fu movie, I think 60s era yeah. China exploitation movies almost. Yeah, it's morphed into this like weird entertainment martial art. It's very strange. Like Jackie Chan even has branched out oh, into that totally. Yeah. In his later years, Super Cop, and, yeah, and the Tuxedo, and, and the tuxedo, shit like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, that's I'm gonna say that's the worst one of all time. I mean, anytime you put Dennis Rodman like oh. throwing kicks and punches into yeah. a movie, you've lost. Yeah. You've already lost the battle. Man, that's and plus he he's a got to be a bad actor, and they probably made him say a bunch of unfunny jokes. <laughs> yeah, I've not seen the movie, but as soon as he said it, I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's I can see that. All right, well, I think that's probably about it for the martial arts. It's about test. going to do it. It's about going to hurt. hurt. How would you say that with an Asian, a horrible, stereotypically <laughs> Asian accent? Oh, Jesus, man, you're going to get me in trouble here. That's one other thing we noticed in Ongbok is that most of the Asians are actually speaking English, yet it's still subtitled. Because, because their, their accent is so, so bad. bad. It really was hilarious. But it only happens sometimes. It was very strange. Yeah, only half of them are doing it. It's like everybody's just doing their own thing. It's like, you know what? We're fucking redubbing everything. So <laughs> go go Sing crazy, dude. On if you want. Subtitle everything. Freestyle it. Okay, uh, we are probably going to see Karate Kid here pretty soon, right? 
Yeah, the new Karate Kid. The new Karate Kid. Yeah, we've, we've seen the other three mm-hmm. recently. But what I think we're going to do, like we did with the Expendables, we're going to tack that on to our forums Yeah, bonus um, content. as bonus content. So anybody who wants to get our, I guess, review or thoughts on Karate Kid, the new one, uh, go to our forums, sign up, and there will be links yeah. to be had. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of bonus content coming, actually. I've been saving it up, just haven't had time to post it. Yeah. But there's going to be a torrent. A torrent. A um, bit torrent. Yeah, and there's also bonus content that's already up there. I don't know if all yep. the users know about that, but it's on our forums. If you sign up. Listeners, they're not using us. We're using them. Users. They're using us like drug, man. They hey, gotta get their fix. Winners don't use drugs. <laughs> The, Losers F- the FBI chief told me that once in many video He's games. He's a smart man. He is a smart man. <laughs> um, I don't know where this outro is going, but we're about to go there. We are on iTunes. Uh, go there and leave us reviews. If you do not, we will send John Claude Van Damme and <laughs> Richard Seagal. Ebert. I don't know. He will Somebody. repeatedly throw you to the ground. No, Dennis Rodman. Dennis oh, Rodman yeah, yeah, and John yeah. Van Damme will come to your home, and they will double team you. They will double team you. <laughs> and we are not saying what your that means. Your garage will be point. double parked. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh boy! And by garage, I mean asshole. <laughs> Let's see. We got a phone number: one eight hundred Air Helmet. And with that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones, and I am A Ron Hubbard. Ciao. Everybody is up, rising. Your mind becomes fast.